You welcome to Call to Marriage. My name is Thomas. My name is Marcia. And today we are talking about how Marcia got to China. Yeah, this is part one of a two-part series. <laughs> how I ended up in China and became a teacher here. And then Thomas will give his story, how he ended up in China and became a student here. Yep. So hopefully it'll be interesting but also hopefully helpful for if whoever is listening might be interested in being a teacher or being a student in China. Uh, although things may change by the time somebody listens to this, things are always changing in China. But anyway, um, so we always start with the scripture. It's not really related, but it's, oh, it's, uh, what's the word? Applicable to life in general? It's just general. It's a general scripture. <laughs> I guess. Okay. The words of Jesus himself. And this came came from Bible study before last that we had. John 5 verse 24 simply says, the words of Jesus, Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So simply, I think it's self-explanatory. Uh, it's just a good reminder for those of us who are um, believers and for those who are not believers to hear the words of Christ himself. Um, but it's, I think, a good reminder. He who hears my word, the words of Jesus, and believes in him who sent me, he being the Father, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So be encouraged, you who are believing, um, once you believe, you have everlasting life. And Jesus gave us his helper, or the helper, the Holy Spirit, to seal us and to remind us and give us assurance so that we can be expectant and hopeful for the coming of Christ, that when he calls us, we'll hear and be taken up with him. So... Do you want to add anything before? Amen. <laughs> That's all I have to add. <laughs> okay. All right. How did I end up in China? When did I even come to China? I came to China in, I think, 2016. 16. Thank you. 2016. And how did I end up here? Basically, I think I touched a little bit on the beginning aspect. But I am a teacher here, so I knew that I was going to come as an as an English teacher. It's something that I got certified to do home in the United States. And I had gone to Brazil for just a few months, and I, I wanted to actually stay there. I really enjoyed it there and made great friends and a lot of things. But there were also a lot of things that weren't that perfect, and it was hard to find a job that I wasn't going to have to work like crazy hours to make enough money to pay my loans. The primary concern I had with working abroad was if the cost of living or and if the like wages are significantly lower than in America, will I be able to afford to pay my American US dollar, you know, amount student debt. So I do have debt. I have student loans and the payments are high. So I thought Brazil would have been great, but 
it seems Asia is a place to go to make enough money to afford to pay for student loans. So um, I was open. I was someone who was interested in culture and language and travel and everything in general, even though at that time I had been studying Portuguese. So yeah, that was um, kind of more interesting, but I was open to go anywhere and learn about wherever it is that I would end up. So like I said before, I did a teaching certification and I asked um, my friends who had done that program with me where in the world they were and what in the world they were doing. <laughs> so one of them was actually in Brazil with me. She was Brazilian and she took the course in America with me and then she went back home to Brazil and I got to hang out with her when I was there. But so I knew what she was doing and I knew that I, c I couldn't do it with her. <laughs> um, but I started asking around to the others and one of my friends was actually, and colleagues was actually in Changchun, China. And I asked her, you know, about it. And we had a chance to do like a Skype call. And she told me all about her job. And she also told me they were hiring. And she wanted to give me all the information about it to see if I wanted to join her at her school. So she, her and her husband gave me all the information about it. To be honest, the pay wasn't that great, but I wasn't doing it just for the money. I I had to consider money because I had loans, but it's not like I was just trying to like get the most lucrative job and just thinking all about the money and high salary, no. So even though the salary actually wasn't that great, once it could afford me to pay my loans, then I I was okay. Um, but the main thing was, I was appreciative that I had a personal recommendation and a pers and they were at the school and they would be at the school at the time that I would go there so that they could kind of help me acclimate to the new environment. Um, because I've heard, you know, there are recruiting agencies. It's, it's very easy to get a job in China. It's very easy to move out here. But I've heard, you know, It can be tricky if you're dealing with recruiters and stuff like that. So I was just thankful that I had a chance to apply directly to a university um, without having to go through a recruiter. And I had a very clear and true picture of what it was going to be like. My friends were honest people, and they really gave me the right information to make an informed decision. And also they were there in person to help me when I arrived. And truly, they helped me a lot, for which I'm ever grateful, Craig and Abby, And uh, they they only got to be with me one semester, though, actually. And then they ended up um, going to Thailand. So, but it was enough time to get me on my feet and to kind of build a support system or of my own so that when they left, I would, you know, be able to find my way. So um, that's how I ended up in China. And... I taught at a university called Jilin University of Finance and Economics in Changchun, China. And I was teaching like random English classes from first from freshmen in university to freshmen to seniors all the way through. So my experience was that the students were very friendly. It, it could be special to my school though, because I think my school had a culture that my current school, 
my school at that time had a, had a culture my current school doesn't have. So at that school, the students would very quickly be excited to see you. And I have to say, I was the first black teacher at that school, to my knowledge. Uh, so I think I was very unique. At that time, the students had never seen a black person before, some of them. And certainly some of them never had a black teacher. And so I think that excited them. And but also that, like I said, there's kind of a culture of like being friendly with your teachers at that particular university. So once I got my classes and got to know my students, I just started getting invitations like, do you want to go to dinner? Do you want to go, you know, hang out? Do you need any help? Like they were so nice. And that was so helpful to because if you ever try to order Chinese food, with the menu that's all in Chinese, like, good luck. You won't even know what to order and how to order. <laughs> even to this day, like, I can only order at places that have pictures of the food, <laughs> which a lot of places have, but, or I have English translation. So that was helpful when I got there. Um, what else about being a teacher? Oh, okay. So the details. In case you're someone who wants to teach in China, um, my city, first of all, Changchun is not like, it's, it's not Beijing by any means. Beijing is the capital, current capital of China. Beijing is a huge city and I can't even, I've been there several times. I haven't even scratched the surface of it. Changchun is also a big city and I come from Boston, which is quite, you know, a well-known city, but not a big city. I wouldn't say it's a big city at all. So Changchun is still bigger than Boston probably, but not not probably it is, but it still kind of has a small city feel, I guess, compared to a place like Beijing. And for me personally, I prefer to live in a place like this than to live in Beijing. And so I would actually recommend this city if you're someone looking for a job. I know you would think like, I've never heard of that place before. Why would I go there? But I would say it's a great place. Um, the climate is very cold, though. The only place I can liken it to is the climate of Canada, even though I've never spent a full four seasons in Canada to tell you. But I know that Canada gets cold. It's north of where I'm from. And I would imagine it's comparable to here. So the winter is very long. Uh, summer is not that long, but it's hot when it comes. And uh, spring and fall are kind of <laughs> not that great. <laughs> like kind of short and kind of not like a, a true spring and true fall, but... Yeah, so those things you should know if you did want to come to to this city. But I still think in spite of that, it's a, it's a worthy city to, you know, to work in, to explore, even to visit. Um, what else? Being a teacher at a university. At my old school, I had a great apartment. I had maybe less than 20 teaching hours a week. And each class was like two or three days a week. And that was a life. <laughs> so you teach your classes, right? And then you've got like lots of free time. You've got lots of free time to do other things. Like I said, I was hanging out with my students. I was making friends with the other teachers, with my colleagues and uh, getting to know my new city. So there was a lot of time for that. And it was quite comfortable and quite a great experience. I feel like God was with me and has been with me this entire time. Um, church. Oh, maybe I'm getting off topic. 
But in any case, I mean, I found it just briefly, I can touch on it. My friends were Christian who invited me here. So they also, they had a church. So I was able to find a church really quickly. Although I also ended up finding another church that I switched to later on. And I'm even at another church now. So (laughs) even in a place like Changchun, which is no Beijing, Mm -hmm. there are churches around. And so if you're someone who's a Christian and you're thinking, coming, like, you're coming to a place like China where you might not know, you know, the language and stuff. And you you might be thinking you wouldn't be able to find a church where they, they speak English. Like, they exist in every city. And there are foreigners in every city. Um, so, yeah. Not every single city, but <laughs> every major city. <laughs> yeah. So, what else about the teaching? I have to say at my old school, and one of the reasons why I left as much as I really liked the apartment, uh, there are rules. Even as a teacher, I had rules because my my apartment was on campus and my apartment was shared with the international students uh, who, this is like side information, but they were, at my old school, the international students were predominantly Russian, Ger- uh, not German, sorry, Russian, Korean, Japanese. Um so anyway, we shared the building with them. So and because the building was on campus and because China just be trying to control people, if I can just be real, like <laughs> uh, so we actually had a curfew. So even though we were teachers, we were workers, we were adults, there are rules and the building was locked. There was a security guy at the at the first floor in the lobby and he locked the doors at 1030 at night every night. And so if you're the kind of person who likes to go out and party or whatever, which I'm not that person, but I did it when I was first, when I first came, I just like was making friends. I'm not proud of it, but I went (laughs) a couple of times out late at night and it doesn't matter anyway. Even if you're not going to a club or something, you could be out at a restaurant, you could be wherever at the movies. That's another place that's open late. Not that many places are open late in this city, but there are a few places that are open late. And when you come home, you know, like the guard's sleeping and then you have to knock on the door and then like <laughs> he gets mad or you have to call him and he gets mad, you know. So that's that's something that I know every university would ha- is a little bit different. But at my first university, we didn't have a key to our like apartment building and we were controlled in that way. And you'll find in little ways everywhere here it's and there. It's a common thing in Chinese universities. Yeah, that there are little things that are, you know, you are not in your control and you just have to yield to the <laughs> to the way of life here, kind of. So, yeah, but I will say my new school, I do have a key to the building and I can go come in and go out as I please. So it's not every school that operates in the same way, but you'll find in one area or another that there are some rules which you think are childish or which you think are whatever, but you have to follow them. So or respect to them to the degree that, you know, is reasonable. Um, What else? Oh, the teaching itself. Uh, Even though it wasn't a lot of teaching hours, there were no textbooks at my old university. There was no real curriculum at all. Uh, And if, if it wasn't for my friends giving me the personal recommendation and being there with me to coach me along, I probably even wouldn't have had a single thing from the school to start with. But they at least had like some USBs with some documents from some old teachers and from them themselves. Uh, Something that I could work from 
to not start from absolute zero. But that was, it was still pretty tough. I had to pretty much plan my lessons from scratch. And yeah, you'll find that a lot of universities that it's like that. So if you're coming here to be a teacher, even though you would think at the university level, there would be a certain level of organization. I have to say that oftentimes there's not, and you'll find yourself having to basically develop curriculum or yeah, take take on a lot more responsibility than maybe you would have in, in your home country. So that's something that you should know if you're coming here to be a teacher. Now, my new school, though, is a Sino-Foreign University, the school that I'm at now. It's called Julian University Lambton College. And so Lambton, Lambton College is a Canadian u- university in Canada. Oh, okay. <laughs> Redundant, but anyway. Uh, but they also have partnerships uh, with other American and Canadian universities. And so in that, the university is Sino-foreign. It operates in some special ways that make it, for me personally, better to work at than other universities uh, in this city. Even though I've only worked at one other university in this city, I have plenty of friends who work at the other universities in this city. And I have a sense that there are the way things are here are the way that I personally would prefer them. It, it, I don't have any interest in trying out other universities to compare. Like to give you an example, because we're Sino-Foreign, we have Christmas off and we have New Year's Day off, like American New Year's Day, January 1st. Um, but at some other universities, they don't have those days off. Or if they have them off, they have to make them up on the weekend, which cancels them out. Like <laughs> it makes it like, like you didn't really even have a holiday. So uh, those are that's something I like about my current university, for example. My current university also has a lot of, I would say still not enough, but it has some, you know, um, help from those foreign universities. And they come every year to do audits, to do testing, to celebrate our annual events and stuff like that so they you'll always every year have a chance to meet the people who we partner with and they have an interest in what goes on here and we have a curriculum here you might not like it a lot of people complain but at least you have something to work with it's very structured very different from my first university and so and maybe very different from a lot of other universities that aren't sino foreign and also kind of the international affairs people like our liaisons they are very helpful too um and quite professional so yeah, I don't know anything about Sino-Foreign universities in other cities and provinces in in China, but hmm. I guess that it's a good choice no matter where you are. If you have an opportunity, if you hear of a, of a Sino-Foreign partnership, it'd probably be, yeah, a good choice. So, yeah, I think those are the basics. Um, Thomas, if you have questions or that you want to pose, you can. I'm sure that if... I don't know. Because we're not involved in social media right now, there's no way of anybody asking questions for follow-up. But if if by chance one day we find out people have questions or we end up on social media and stuff like that, we could always continue it up later on. But for now, I feel like, yeah, those are the basics. And that's what I, I want to share and what came to mind. And yeah, hopefully it will help me always remember my days. Oh, uh, one more quick thing. 
one more mm-hmm. quick thing. Um, to be honest, I really don't remember the paperwork aspect, but I do think that's an important part to talk about. Paperwork for coming to China, because it was like almost four years ago at this point, I really don't remember. But I know there is paperwork. Uh, obviously, I had to get a visa to come here. I had to go to New York. I remember that. The, the closest embassy was in New York and or consulate. I don't remember if it was a consulate or an embassy. And... I remember I drove there in a day and with my grandma. My grandma accompanied me. To New York? Yeah. <laughs> vibing. Yeah, just to have somebody to drive with so I didn't drive by myself because nobody was available. <laughs> I see. Yeah, that was nice. And yeah, so I know I had to get a visa. Honestly, I really don't remember what other paperwork I had to do. I think I had to go to the doctor and get some paperwork there too. But even when you come to China, you also have to go to the doctor and you have to go annually and renew your visa annually, do yeah, medical checkup and uh, foreign expert certificate for um for working. If you're going to work, then you have to do that. It's a lot of stuff and you won't ever understand it all, but your like international affairs office at your university or whoever is helping you for your job, they're going to handle everything and tell you what to do. And you do have to trust them and you do have to, you know, give a lot of information and all this kind of stuff. So, and yeah, and then there's the contract for your actual job. Read it carefully, of course, always ask questions. And at my first school, they wanted me to sign for a year and not not less than that because they had a high turnover. <laughs> but um, it's funny how at my university now, they only wanted me to sign out. for a semester because they wanted to make sure that we were a good fit for each other and then we could sign for a year. So isn't that funny how that the schools operate differently? But yeah, so typically the contracts will be like every year. And um, yeah, I think that's everything now. Contracts, paperwork. Yeah, yeah I think you... You're going to have to do another episode about being a teacher in China, your experiences with your kids or your students and how the teaching itself is and oh. the culture here. That's that's something we can go into in another episode. But yeah, as far as well, why you came to China or why you ended up. How I ended up here. How yeah. you ended up here. I think it's certainly enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think we have enough time. I could probably hit on it briefly if you don't have other questions. I don't think it has to be a whole another episode. <laughs> you think so? I think so. Maybe I can give it a shot. Okay, <laughs> go for it then. Yeah, and I want to say one more thing, which I, I know I said it in another episode, but if another reason why I ended up in China, to be clear, is because God led me here. <laughs> and I didn't really, like... I, I kind of gave you the practical aspect or whatever this episode, but I know I've mentioned it in other times because, yeah, I was thinking about loans and everything, but I wasn't ready to just go just to any place that would give me enough money. I prayed about this decision and I was led by God's spirit by this decision and I for about this decision. And I didn't know why I was going to be here necessarily. You know, I thought, I want to have more teaching experience. I want to be at a place where I'm not struggling uh, financially to maintain my student loans or delinquent or anything like that. But still, I didn't just say, oh, everything looks good on paper, like I'm going. No, I prayed about it and I felt good about it. And it's so 
um, rewarding <laughs> mm-hmm. to obey God. You know, I do not always obey God. I feel like I'm such a rebellious child. God forgive me. But I I truly believe that God led me here and the payout, pay off, whatever the word is, was serious. And this place has been etched into my life journey and memory. I thought I'd be here one year, maximum two. And I ended up staying here for four, getting married here, all kinds of things. And I feel like it's worth briefly mentioning that. Um, About the students and being a teacher here. Yes, culture is definitely something to mention. The culture here is different, you know. It's very hard to get the students to speak at all, never mind speaking in English. (laughs) 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 Because I think, I'm not 100% sure, but it seems to me the culture is like they're very used to listening to their teachers talk, and they only talk when they're spoken to or when they're directly um, chosen to speak. They are not, there's no culture like volunteer to give an answer to a question or ask questions when you don't understand or, or stop the teacher and say, I don't understand. No. Even when the teacher, when I, the teacher would ask my students, like, do you guys understand? A lot of times it's just silence, blank faces, (laughs) you know, it's very hard. You have to adapt to the way of students here. It is not the same as in America. Students here are way more, uh, quiet, I guess. And but not completely quiet. If they, you know, if you walk in before classes and hear them speaking in Chinese and stuff, they're social to an extent. But, you know, yeah, the way they are as students is just totally different. Also, the students in university here are kind of babied and they're not really as independent as as American students, for example. I can only speak for my for where I'm where I come from. You know, in America, when you get to university, it's like the everybody thinks it's like when you finally are free and you get to be independent and, you know, your classes are not from seven to three, for example, if you if you were a kid who went to public school like me, you know, when you get to university, you get to choose your schedule, you get to choose what classes you want and when you want to take them and all this kind of stuff. And you're more more flexible, you're learning to take care of yourself, especially if you lived on campus or lived away from your parents, at least, to go to university. You become, you know, it's the time when you're kind of maturing, so to speak. But in China, even though the students, many of them do leave their parents to come live on campus, they have these like tutors or mentors or whatever. And these people like check on them, make sure their beds are made, make sure their rooms are clean. Sometimes I've had students leave my class during the break and say, teacher, I might be late coming back from the break because the my, my tutor asked me to clean my room. They're not allowed to have certain things in their apartments. <laughs> They're not... Um, they're required to go to self-study, oftentimes twice a day, or sometimes they'll exercise early in the morning before class and then have self-study in the evening. Their days are long. Most of the days they have class, for example, from eight to five. So it's just like being in high school all over again from an American standpoint. But for them, a lot for a lot of them, high school is harder than university and more stressful. Because, I don't know, the entrance exams or whatever, it's like a big, serious thing. It stresses students out. Students even get suicidal over it. They call it the gal cow. Hmm. So when they come to college, I really don't think it's as rigorous or as serious, nor as American 
compared to American universities, neither compared to American universities nor compared to even their high school experience. So, yeah, they they are bright, but they can't learn well because they have a different mindset about college here a lot of them and also because they are so busy honestly they are so like um yeah like like just imagine self study from 6:50 in the morning to 7:30 then you eat breakfast for like 20 minutes if you can squeeze it in class from 8 to uh 11:30 they they faithfully have a lunch break from 11:30 to 1 or 11:30 to 1:30 that's very very chinese everybody takes break at that time and drop everything like <laughs> eat lunch take a nap whatever you get a chance to do then from 1 or 1:30 at my school it's 1:30 until 5 more classes then you eat dinner then from 6:50 maybe to 9 something like that evening study and then you know i told you my place the city where I live is like Canada. It's very cold in the evening and it gets in the winter, it gets dark like 4.35 and these kids have to go to evening study. You can imagine and then wake up at six o'clock in the morning again. You can imagine how it becomes tiring for them day in and day out. They don't have the energy or the capacity to really be challenged at the level you would want to challenge them. Hmm. And um, what else was I going to say? English is hard for them. <laughs> Naturally, if you've ever tried to learn Chinese, then you'd have a little bit of sympathy for them. Because <laughs> me as a foreigner, having tried to learn Chinese unsuccessfully, and I'm even someone who genuinely enjoys languages and stuff like that, but it's I just didn't manage to learn Chinese. It takes a lot of dedication and um, hard work and stuff like that. They don't learn Chinese very well because... Number one, it's, I mean, English. Number one, it's so different from their native language. Number two, also, they learn wrong things from K through 12. <laughs> All of them have probably had, had an English class before arriving to your university English class with, a, like with you as a foreign teacher. They probably had an English class with a Chinese teacher, or some of them might have had it with a foreign teacher, but not, not for a long period of time and stuff like that. So... In any case, they learn wrong things all along the way. And you have to work against that. Like you have to like try to retrain them the right things. <laughs> and yeah, and it's yeah, the approach to learning too is also kind of not it doesn't lend itself to successful English learning. The way they approach the learning itself is kind of just yeah, not ideal. So um, but yeah, as I said earlier, at least the students are often very kind. Um they're often very tired, you know, <laughs> especially at the school I'm at now, you know, but um, yeah, they're kind. A lot of them are very, very bright. Some of them are less bright, <laughs> but another part of the culture that's not so good about that is if a student is less bright, they, I can take my school, for example, sorry to say, you know, a student will have an opportunity to pass a class that they didn't didn't deserve to pass, like the standard is not as high as it should be, or they get multiple opportunities to repeat a class, which at some point doesn't become sensible, right? Like after you've repeated a class twice, I think it's not worth repeating it again because if you didn't change your behavior hmm. or if you, if you just really can't get it after two tries, 
it becomes a waste of money and a waste of time. Like you should be probably considering other options. Like oh, it's making money. Yeah. So <laughs> that's another part of the reason why school like university is less serious here students kind of know that they'll be passed along they'll they'll graduate there's not that much fear that they won't be able to graduate once they get into a university once they get in they'll they'll be able to graduate it yeah, doesn't take that much it's always there for them to keep doing the same things yeah and then also you know they sorry i i think i'm kind of congested nasally so (laughs) sorry I I keep trying to like I don't know I think I'm talking through my nose and stuff and I keep trying to clear it out but it's not working anyway so um, a lot of them they don't choose their majors like in America you get to choose your major and stuff a lot of them don't choose their school they don't choose their major it's based on you know these tests and stuff like that and so some of them are not very happy where they are and stuff like that so it's not and that's another reason why they don't learn well sometimes. It's not that they're bad students in general, but maybe they're not in the program they wanted to be in or the program that suits them or whatever. So there are a lot of things that make it difficult to teach here. <laughs> and to be honest with you, after four years, I'm tired and I'm really glad that this is my last year teaching here. No offense to the students or the country. I I re- very much respect and appreciate this country. and very much um, respect the students for who they are. Um, But on the overall, as a teacher teaching here, like it's tiring. I'm just tired overall. But I've met wonderful people, wonderful students, wonderful colleagues, Chinese teachers. Yes, some I've met, I've had a chance to, at my current school, have a relationship with some of my Chinese um, colleagues. And they are really wonderful. So, yeah, there are there are ups and downs, positives and negatives, but you take them, you know, as they come and you do your best. So, yeah. Questions? <laughs> or takeaways. If not, we can go straight to takeaways. Yeah, I think you can do your takeaway. Okay. Um, I don't know. Takeaway for me? It's, it was worth it to come. You know, if you if you have a desire to go work abroad, be a teacher abroad, just go for it. I think you can go for it. But if you're, as Christians, obviously, I'd re- I would recommend you to pray about it and, um, you know, just make a good decision, make a wise decision. But you can make a decision, you know, you don't have to feel like, ah, I didn't hear the audible voice of God saying go. You can use the wisdom of God and ask a lot of questions, of course. But if you have a desire to go, I would recommend it because it's just worthwhile to get to live in another culture, experience the daily life of another group of people way different from you. And teaching English is, um, teaching English can be difficult, but I would say it's a good opportunity and do your best to give the students what they deserve to, you know, because I think some people may have it in mind that I want to go abroad to experience the culture or to travel, but not necessarily thinking about the teaching aspect. Like, do think about the teaching aspect as well, obviously, and teach with your heart, teach with care for the students, you know, that's very important. So... Yeah, I guess that's that's what I have to say to end. 
Good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that would be all for this episode then. Do you have any, like, just one quick thought or something, like any observation? Having observed, you know a lot of teachers at this point and you've, you have me as your wife and stuff. Like, do you have any thoughts about teaching in China or, I don't know. <laughs> mm, no. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning in. See you in the next episode. Great. We love you. <laughs>